0: Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. I'm your host today, Amar Bhat Ghande, technology and life sciences West Coast practice leader at Eisner Amp. And with me today is CEO of Multicore Wear and president of Thai Silicon Valley, AGK Karuna Karan, a serial entrepreneur, investor, and a philanthropist. Conversations can help you navigate your entrepreneurial journey. Today, you will get to hear firsthand from AGK about his third, third and third philosophy that has brought him both business success as well as satisfaction in life. What you hear today may give you a different perspective and influence your next business decision. AGK, it's been a couple of months since I saw you in Dubai. It's great to connect with you again.
1: Yes, summer. it's been a while, you know, in terms of time. And a lot has happened since then. Holiday season, consumer electronics show, I went to Las Vegas. I think what happened in Vegas did not stay in Vegas. So I got COVID, came back, recovered from it. And then did a bunch of business travel that in adverse weather. But anyways, here I am with you and I'm glad to be with you because I believe in the journey is a reward approach. And I'm taking one day at a time and it's great to have this conversation Welcome with you. Welcome
0: and I'm not surprised at all, you are always on the cutting edge. I still remember it well, front seat, world's fastest roller coaster and there we were. What a wild ride. You know, during that trip, I also remember you mentioning to me about your third, third and third philosophy. I'm excited to talk to you about more about that. First of all, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, certainly. You know, let's talk about roller coaster for a moment, right? As entrepreneurs, all of us go through the roller coaster. I really enjoyed even yesterday I was talking to somebody about our experience in the Ferrari world. So I'd love to ride it together. Maybe some other roller coaster with you, but front seat, I love it. Uh, having said that i'm a you know a serial entrepreneur and i was uh, fortunate to come to this country you know so i was an entrepreneur turned entrepreneur but i will start from what i'm doing right now which is i'm the co-founder and ceo of uh, multicoreware which is a software company that's involved in image processing and video processing and deep learning ai for two vertical markets one is autonomous vehicles and automotive another one is media broadcast and video analytics that's the company that i'm running right now and that's my, I would call it the third company that I'm involved with. In, in that sense, I'm a serial entrepreneur, but I'm also involved with uh, an India Impact Investment Partnership. Uh, you know, we call it 3i Partners, one of the managing partners and, a, and the director of that organization. And the idea is to support impactful uh, enterprises in India, started by young and vibrant entrepreneurs to solve some of the sustainable development goal problems that we see related to educational technology, healthcare technology, agricultural technology, as well as livelihood technology. So everything that has got a tech impact, you know, with which we can solve some of India's deep problems, that's that uh, organization's goal. Uh, And then I'm also involved with a lot of startups that either I personally invest or uh, advise, so, or through our own company. So we have this idea of creating satellite companies. So those are some of my, uh, what I call for-profit roles. And then I'm also involved a lot with uh, nonprofits. As you know, I'm the president of Thai Silicon Valley, and, you know, that's almost a full-time job, um, but uh, with an engaged board and support, we are able to manage it well. But I'm also involved with uh, Pratham. I'm on, I serve on their Bay Area chapters, board of directors. And again, I support a lot of on, non-profit enterprises, either as a donor and then, of course, advise them. So if you really take a look at it, it's really a third and a third and a third. A third of my time running my company, third of my time uh, with a bunch of startups, through uh, 3i partners, as well as, you know, my own direct involvement or our company's involvement. And then the third one is involved very actively with non-for-profit organizations. So that's how I'm dividing up my time. And, and I'm at a stage in my life that uh, I believe, you know, it, I mean, I've been doing this for close to um, 10 years right now, this third and a third and a third philosophy.
0: So that's great uh, segue. So I'm going to ask you on the first third of that third, third, and third. So, you started Multicoreware back in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Your company has since won the fastest growing private companies award. Is it true that you started your company without raising capital? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can tell a story. I mean, I, I've been
1: fortunate to have built companies without raising money. My previous company also, it was the same way. You know, sometimes companies can be built without uh, raising money. And for some businesses, you do need to raise capital. But always, you know, I learned it very quickly because when I first, you know, back in the mid-90s, when I was going to do my previous company, GDA Technologies, when I went and spoke to investors, they all said, hey, what you're trying to do? It won't work. Intellectual property cannot be developed in India. You know, people will not part away with their IP. It's a wrong model and everything. But I didn't want to wait to get venture money, right? So as soon as we found the customer, we we start, launched the company, we started growing. Uh, and, and then of course, Prudent Reinvestment allowed me to grow and then we grew the company very well. And later on, once you crossed $10 million in revenue and all that stuff, investors did come to w- wanting to invest in that company but uh, it so happened that uh, we continued to grow and we exited the business without venture capital money. When I was thinking about starting this company, when I was discussing with my potential co-founder, Curtis Davis, one of the comments he made was, AGK, you've done this company without raising money, and he, as an entrepreneur, has raised a lot of money from his previous startups. He said, hey, I will join hand with you, provided we are doing this again without raising venture capital money. And for me, the times were different but uh, i kind of knew the recipe and i said i will do it yes you know we start now this company is more than 10 years old and we have not raised money and 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 again going back to my point not all businesses require a capital infusion on day one uh, you know sometimes you can find customers who would pay and in the in the case of multi coreware for example we got money from customer our first customer was uh, you know a large airplane manufacturer and then um, we also got money from Department of Energy uh, you know, using their uh, SBIR funding. Then we also worked with universities and got their grant funding, what's called RO1 grant. And all of this gave enough money for us to you know, put together a good team And then, you know, voila, we ended up in a very large semiconductor company who ended up, you know, giving us several million dollar, you know, IP development opportunity and then rest is history. So what I'm saying is, if you approach starting a company only with getting venture money and then only you'll get started, sometimes you make a mistake, in my opinion you need to understand the type of business and then realize whether you need capital or not you should never say no to capital That's but you should not be hung to up to on ears to capital. a
0: lot of our listeners because i think the general belief i think out in the market is that uh, to do anything big you need a lot of venture capital pe support but th- this this is great so so following up on your question uh, i'm going to ask you you seem to be doing a lot with machine learning ai and video can you tell us more about running multicoreware? And why you are interested in these leading edge technologies?
1: I mean, let's take a look at the name multicoreware, right? I mean, um, you know, for those of us in the software business, understand microprocessors on which the software run have become multi-core today when you buy your computer you always look for does it have four cores eight cores and things like that but writing software uh, to leverage all the cores is not an easy problem it's a very very complex problem because people used to think software development as a sequential activity but when you have multiple cores you need to start thinking parallel so our idea was we should try to, I mean, that's why we g- gave it the name Multicoreware. Our idea, our idea was to write software on highly parallel architecture, therefore taking on complex problems. That was one reason that we went on this direction. But also, you know, it's all about culture, right? I mean, we want to be, you know, we want to provide a continuous learning environment to uh, everyone in the company, including myself. And we wanted to ride the tech curve. You know, as we all talk about roller coasters earlier in the talk you know the riding the tech curve uh, or tech wave is very very important for you know all of us to stay intellectually stimulated and then we also want to you know we wanted to work on these complex technologies especially involving video processing image processing machine learning and ai because there's a lot of customer stickiness to it and last but not the least, I mean, AIML is like electricity, right? It's everywhere. So once you understand the core technology nuances associated with AIML, it's applicable to multiple applications. And therefore, we can move around. You know, you're not stuck in one domain, especially when you're when not venture capital funded. You need to go where your customers are funding or buying. So that's, that's sort of the, the impetus for us to, you know, look at these things. End of the day, the video is everywhere, right? Today, if you take a look at it, more than 60% of the internet content is video and, and what kind of video processing that you can do on it, video compression, decompression, uh, image analysis, all of that stuff is possible using AI technologies. And that's what our company is doing on, like autonomous vehicle and automotive. Today, you know, you have driver assistance systems so that, you know, you can do uh, cruise control, you can do emergency braking. All of that stuff is possible by doing deep uh, video analysis. So that's what our company is working on. And, uh, you know, every day is a new learning.
0: Well, roller coaster, indeed it is. So uh, with that, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to focus on the second of the third impact investment, right? So in addition to running a successful company, as successful as uh, Multicoreware, you're also helping to fuel India's impact entrepreneurs through your role with 3i partners, which I believe is Impact India Investment Partners. Why is impact investment important to you?
1: You know, for that, I've been sort of um, involved with non-profit, as I told you, for over 10 years or, I mean, I mean uh, you know, in a small way in the mid-90s as well. But what we realize is if it's a two-NGO where, um, you know, a non-profit organization is always looking for donation and, and, you know, they get the money, they spend it, and, of course, they are making an impact. And there is no sustainability in them. The sustainability comes from the... You know, the beneficiaries will go do something bigger and better. That's the sustainability of a true nonprofit organization. But we realized that for you to be making impact and to sustain, you need to fund entities or enterprises that are focused on solving important problems on the ground in India. And then, uh, you know, how do we capitalize them, apply your entrepreneurial wisdom, and then also, you know, if you create enough momentum, value, and ultimately, I call it economics, right, it needs to grow. I mean, you know, you know, whatever metrics that you're trying to solve, then there's a possibility to, you know, get subsequent money and eventually uh, grow. So in India, for example, the microfinance industry did that very, very well. But with technology, you could do it in multiple other areas. So we said, Hey, we need to look at, him and, uh, you know, Kumar Ganapati and I started doing that. He and I know each other very well. And we said, hey, I've been trying to create such impact-oriented enterprises one at a time. I tried to do two ideas myself. And he said, hey, instead of doing that, why don't we bring a bunch of people together and then help entrepreneurs in India? So that way, we are de-risking our own capital across all of these ideas. And then also a team effort is a lot better than an individual effort. So that's why I, you know, embarked on this with Kumar. And and today it's my idea is that hey, instead of donation, can you create sustainable, impactful businesses, right? So that's one. And then can we provide our tech tech insights to solving the on-the-ground problem in India? I'll give you a couple of examples. We've invested in multiple companies, but I'll give you, you know, two examples, right? One is a company called Hub Darshak, uh, which is a company that's enabling there are a lot of government schemes, and these underprivileged people do not even know the existence of that scheme. And so these people provided a tech-based combination of call centers and app and all of that stuff to avail these schemes using the thing the government provides. So basically... That way, even the government has budgeted something, it ultimately reaches a beneficiary. It's enabled through this product and a service combination called Hagdarshak, right? Another one is a company called Senta where we are improving the livelihood of teachers. I mean, teaching is a noble profession, but sometimes teachers are ignored. You know, they're not given the right ongoing training and they're not kept up to date. So Senta is almost, you know, like you're in the finance business or accounting business. So Senta provides an accreditation or a center score for teachers, and based on the score the teachers get through their own continuous learning and improvement, they get um, subsequent, you know, races or promotions or even new job opportunities, right? So these are the two things. So ideally, if you improve the livelihood of the teacher, you improve the students uh, who he or she is teaching, right? So these kind of impactful businesses and that can disproportionately scale, so so we wanted to provide that kind of nurturing, those kind of entrepreneurs sitting in the valley because we have been fortunate to, to live in the hotbed of entrepreneurs and, and technology and how do we impart some of this knowledge and fuel the economy in, in India. So bottom line is we need the beneficiaries in India, the, their average income has to improve and then their the livelihood should scale also, right? So that's sort of the purpose behind in you know, 3i partners and enjoying every bit of it we have a core team of five people and then close to 20 investors and all of us come together and select these entrepreneurs as they present to us and then we support them by investing and providing mentor capital
0: well i i can definitely vouch for that agk whenever i have conversations with you i think uh, impact investing is right in the forefront on your mind Let's now talk a little bit about your third of the third, giving back today. And I think you've told me it's never too early to give back. Where does that philosophy come from and how does it influence how you spend your time today?
1: You know, it started when I was young. I mean, I've seen my uh, father giving back to the community in whatever little way that he can. And I've seen him, you know, that aside... You know, sometimes you forget once you once you are on your own and you're you know, trying to make a career for yourself. But things changed when my daughter was, you know, five years old and she wanted to play soccer. And, and I live in Saratoga, so I said, hey, let me go and look at uh, American Youth Soccer Association, organization, sorry, A-Y-S-O. And they said, hey, you know what? If you want your child to be part of this league, you want to volunteer. I said, volunteer what? Time is the most valuable commodity. You know, do you want me to give the time? I said, hey, if you want, your child to be enjoying this, you need to come and give your time. That's when I realized that, wow, you know, when it comes to giving back, people have to look at, you know, three things, right? Giving your time, giving your money, of course, you know, many people give money, you know, when people ask for nonprofits. And then the third category is you give time and money. And not giving is not an option is what I realized early on. And 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 I call the myself, my approach to giving as active giving, because if you, If you give money and you give time, then the organization or the the costs associated with that organization flourishes, in my opinion. So that's how it started for me. I started with AYSO and then then around the same time, I started getting involved with Pratham India Literacy Project Foundation for Excellence. These are all educational related causes, as you can see, trying to intervene at different levels in India, and then of course, I became a charter member of, uh, of TIE also around in 2000 timeframe and then started giving back to TIE also. And there, I mean, you get spades in return, right? Because, you know, there's positive benefits of giving. And especially in the case of, I mean, I can share in each of the nonprofit, there's a, you know, other than feeling extremely good, right? When you give, all good chemicals come into your system and then you start feeling good and feeling healthy and all of that stuff. That aside, you make new connections, you learn every day, because I believe that a person should learn every day. And depending, and then each, each person reads or sort of learns differently. They learn by booking, sort of reading a book or watching a show. In my case, it's always always experiential learning by working with people. And then, you know, as you see the, you know, development others, right? Like, you know, for example, Thai, when you support an entrepreneur and that entrepreneur, you know, gets funding and scales the company, either exits or take the company public and all that stuff. That impact is phenomenal. I mean I've seen, I mean, me personally, I'm I've been a beneficiary of Thai myself, but being able to volunteer for Thai, you know, run TaiCon, it's like running a company back in 2015, I did the tiecon as a conference as a co-convener. And then of course, you know, last I mean, couple of years I've served on the board, one year as president-elect, and now last two years and I mean last year and this year as president, you cannot measure value to it because it comes in spades for you if you give your time and money to an organization. So that's been my, you know, experience giving back to the community. And 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 I'm living it every day. And and I think I got to know you through that, you know, otherwise I would not have known you. So
0: so active giving, I think that that's a great phase. And, and frankly speaking, I think your, your third, third and third philosophy seems great. We can sit here. I can keep talking to it about forever. I will. Uh, but, you know, because of, you know, this is a podcast, this is a great, great segue into my last question that I'm going to ask you. As I mentioned to you very early in this episode, right, conversations are at the root of entrepreneurship. It wouldn't be a tech talk podcast if I don't ask you, what's one conversation that you have had that continues to influence you even today? I mean, again,
1: mid 90s, I remember I was in Taiwan and I was with a well-wisher and I was asking AGK, what's your next plan? I said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And then he turned around and asked me, AGK, what is the more than money reason for starting your company? And that made me think, wow, I never thought about it that way. I thought I'm going to, you know, make money building a company, which is a lot of the, you know, everybody's wish, right? Of course, wealth creation is one of the tenet of uh, being an entrepreneur, financial freedom and everything. But the purpose is very, very important. I mean, that's the, that's the part of that particular conversation. I realized that the purpose, or if you had that question very, very clearly, the more than money reason clear, then as you hit the entrepreneurial lows, as I call it, you know, it will certainly help. And there's a Japanese thing called Ikigai. They're, they're also like, what's the meaning? What's the purpose of whatever you're trying to do? And if you ask that in everything that you do, it'll be great. It'll help you. But most importantly, if you're an entrepreneur, if you ask that question and you have that answer as a ready reckoner in your mind, you will deal with all the challenges of being an entrepreneur. And nowadays, I ask that question to everybody budding entrepreneur.
0: Wow, more than money reason. I I think I like it. I'm going to carry that with me forever. AGK, thank you for taking time to have conversations with me today. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into Tech Talk. Subscribe to Eisner Amper podcast whenever you want to listen to us or join us for our next episode. In the meantime, visit Eisner for more tech news you can use.